0: fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services website builds email hosting amongst other sensational products if you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general no job is too big or too small visit our website today or better yet contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us
1: big ones little ones fiddly ones powerful
0: ones the ones for the car or the truck caravan boat mobility scooter solar system in fact for any kind of battery go straight to battery central ipswich they'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job battery central ipswich 280 brisbane street west ipswich behind the yellow building expert advice better batteries best prices every day that's battery
1: central ipswich
0: welcome to episode 736 of aussie tech heads i'm jason oakley and this is will Topkinson. hey will
1: are you sure I'm not sure of anything anymore. Oh, no, it's a bit like that at the moment. How is it? Who are you? Why are Where you doing? Visit do? anymore? Uh, Why does nobody
0: call me? I call you lots of things, but, <laughs> but you can call
1: me out. Uh, I'll call you Betty. <laughs> well, ma, nah. how's stuff going? Uh, um, it is somewhat. Well, kind yes. of. Not really. Actually, I lie. We're in. Oh. Being in Brisbane, well, Greater Brisbane, Ipswich, one of 11 districts or whatever the hell it is, is, we're a part of lockdown this week, so yay. Yeah, you know that lockdown yeah. that I predicted last week to be, they say, for three days, and I'm like, it's going to be at least a week, and it's most likely going to be extended again because we've just got a little schoolwork and stuff handed to us and said, "He, here's the next roster for the next four weeks, and it's like, well, okay, what do you guys know? <laughs> so, we'll see. But uh, And of course Melbourne Going to lockdown tonight So you can Can't visit your family uh, Or friends Or anything But uh, You can go to the brothel So there's that I would say Why don't you just Go and hire a room Out in the brothel And take your family For the day Yeah
0: Kick the um, prostitute out
1: Yeah and Just <laughs> sit her Standing around the room Or
0: she can and, sit in the corner Have her Join in the conversation Yeah Have a
1: few nibblies You don't need a mask Or anything So you just Ask sit in the room And catering And uh, yeah exactly Order a pizza <laughs> And you know Hire the room for an hour that's what brothels would do. They should make more money if they do that. They don't, need, they, don't need to, they don't need to pay the prostitutes and they can hire the rooms out <laughs> at an hourly rate. <laughs> so there's people sneaking around. They're all wearing trench coats and hats and sunnies and they're sneaking into the into yeah. the brothels. But it's because they're meeting up with their family. <laughs> one,
0: one of the funniest scenes like I
1: remember from The
0: Simpsons is when Grandpa... Simpson walks into the house of ill repute, and he walks in, takes his hat off, puts it on the stand, turns around. There's Bart, and he keeps turning around, puts his hat on again,
1: and walks back out again. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that. (laughs) It's it's a bit like that actually. Crazy. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's all everyone's just gone mad, but yeah, so. We've been pretty dead this week. Um it's getting to the point where it's actually starting to cost us more to go to work than we're actually making while we're there. Yeah. You can't run a business that way for long. So but uh
0: if if your name was Jerry, you could have got like twenty million
1: dollars in JobKeeper. Well, we're really, really lucky that the government's thought of us and it's providing for us. It's a lot of crap. <sighs> They've decided that we're eligible for a five thousand dollar subsidy. Yeah. That we can apply for next week that has a two week waiting period then a two week application process and then up to two weeks before you get paid so we can apply for it next week in eight weeks time we'll get $5,000 for this week that we didn't work
0: (laughs) jeez in the meantime go get a loan
1: so as long you know because $5,000 goes a long way when you have a small business that's going to cover like you know biscuits and coffee your smoko for the (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's,
0: there
1: you go, Smurko's covered. what more do you need? <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, but, uh, so yeah, so basically if you need batteries or solar or deep cycles or stuff for camping or off-grid or granny flats or alternate power of any description or anything like that, or you just uh, hit us up, uh, I can help you out, because <laughs> I'm not pleading or begging or... Or or anything. I'm just really, really, really asking, really nicely that, that you help us out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, basically, and, yeah. and
0: you can donate to the Patreon and coffee and stuff. to, <laughs> yeah. give it all to Will.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, that uh, that goes and covers our our uh, the rest of fees that you know whatever that covers. We don't have to. So <laughs> <laughs> it helps in a roundabout kind of way. And but, you mind to
0: fix your computer.
1: Yeah, the jury's still out, but it was really bizarre. I, I'm i like, look, I, the only thing I can think of that I haven't updated, because basically what was happening was every time I'd load something that was graphically intense, the system would lock up. Yep. But I couldn't capture it on any... There's a million programs you can install that will supposedly tell you why your system's freezing. The closest I could get was a Windows system event uh, hardware crash yep. but it wouldn't tell me what it was I suspected graphics card because it always happened under a graphically intense situation yep. not necessarily ruling out memory or anything but I had run uh, HiMem which is a, a HiMem 30 uh, HiMem 64 or Mem, no Memtest 64 yep. which is a dedicated USB boot you boot up into it and uh, it specifically is designed to test your memory I'd run a 24 hour um log on that they reckon you only need to run it for about an hour I ran it for 23 hours and it came up fine Um, I checked all the hardware I could check and I'm like the only thing I haven't upgraded is the BIOS so tonight I thought before the show because why not right Um, I decided it'd be perfect time to upgrade (laughs) my BIOS and I'm looking at all the options and suddenly all these drivers appeared for this board like literally tonight while I was looking for it they had all these driver updates for CMOS and for the BIOS and for the uh, some of the CPU. controller chips and a CPU update and a video card update and sound card and network and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and like literally everything you can think of on this board had an update tonight I'm like ah, it'll be fine so Everybody else had a problem too <laughs> didn't they <laughs> so I um, I literally up there downloaded it was something stupid it was um, over a terabyte well uh, sorry, over a terabyte, over a gigabyte of um, drivers. Yeah, which is, is that's nuts. Like that—that's a lie. <laughs> you know. Um, and it was not only the drivers; it was the software, like the ATI Radon or the graphics drivers, the control software, yep. the soundboard controlling software. The because um, I've got i I've got a, um, I've got a um, Ryzen CPU, so there was even Um, specific Ryzen application that they've launched now. There's like every single possible thing you could think of um, was updated. It was insane. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a mass rollout of drivers and and software and hardware drivers all in the one time frame. It was ridiculous. But anyway, after well, I started it... uh, 5 o'clock I started install. The first thing I did was the BIOS, because I figured yeah. once that's the most recent, then everything else should flow. And it wasn't a .0 revision. It was literally... The BIOS was actually a full 10-point... Like It went up from um, 10.32 to 30.32. It actually oh. went up 20 revisions in one update. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and most of the hardware went up a full... If you know how revisions are done, okay, just to give you a brief overview... Generally, not always, but generally, you'll get revision one, then you'll get revision one point one, then one point one one, then one point one one one. Every time they do a revision, depending a on how much inches. they, depending how much they change, depends on which incremental digit they change. Normally, you'll go from version three to you know you might have version three point two, you normally get a version three point four or three point four five, you know. But these were like full increment revisions. Like my oh. my graphics card went from. Like version fourteen point seven to version nineteen point five. Like massive, massive increment revisions, which I've I've never seen that happen before. Yeah. Um and all of them were the same, right across the board. Every update was was at least a one or two full digit revision. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. But after three hours of installing updates and everything and resetting stuff back to, you know, defaults and Making stuff work. Um, so far, it seems to have fixed the problem. I don't know which particular update did it, but I'm not complaining. And it's and actually now you, faster. install
0: Windows 11 and break it all? Yeah, good luck with that.
1: <laughs> but it's actually faster. I ran a benchmark before and after. Yep. Um, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm on average about 12% faster now than I was before the updates. So not I'm only have I it. now got a stable system, I've got a actually physically quicker system. Uh, and just to have a quick look, I jumped onto Minecraft um, and loaded a fresh world, or I loaded a my test world that I load up. I normally get about 100 because there's a lot of redstone contraptions in there to play with. I normally get about 180 frames yeah. somewhere around there. Uh, I'm getting 240, standing nice. in exactly the same spot now. So. <laughs> So something's definitely running better. The system's loading faster. The games are loading faster. Um, I'm getting instant loads every time I load a pro- an application or a program. It's happening straight away. Um, even something like uh, OBS, which is what we use for um, recording. Normally, when I'd hit the record button, there was a three-second delay between when I hit record and when it actually started to record. Yep. Well, it caught me off guard tonight because it was actually instant. I hit the record button and started recording. <laughs> what the what? So... Uh, so, so it looks like for the first time ever updates actually fix the problem, like normally as I said you'll get a update and then it might fix the problem but it
0: overwrites your, micro, your Microsoft overwrites your updates exactly. with something else and
1: breaks everything well yeah, which is what I thought the problem was and a couple of weeks ago I went through and that's how I know they're all new updates because only a couple of weeks ago I literally went through everything and updated everything back to the latest available update at the time except the BIOS Um, because Microsoft has done that in the past and I'm sure it'll happen again but it didn't solve the problem but it did tonight so whether it was the BIOS update all along which well there wasn't one anyway until tonight (laughs) Um, good timing that you checked tonight yeah so but so far so good, we'll see what happens uh, I, I'll know by next week after I've given it a bit of a hard time But um,
0: Imagine how good a game of Worms you can play now
1: <laughs> Well, that's assuming we can figure out how to play it
0: It had already been 10 <laughs> seconds and it was boring <laughs>
1: uh, Worms is great It brings back Phil stuff and I downloaded it on
0: Steam and we found a few of them You can play multiplayer on the internet, so we're having a lot of fun when things work like they're supposed to, and a lot of them just, I the weapons what. don't make sense. You're like, I'll do this, and it's like, what the hell was that? I swear and the no, person... A she a sheep flew straight up 100 feet and exploded for no reason.
1: I, I swear the person who wrote um, you know, the game, which was a relatively basic but enjoyable game, yep. was not the same person who wrote the interface for the networking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because serious... <laughs> It, it's, it's really <laughs> just based on what was it? They had a, a um, it was a cannon game or something that they had in the 80s, and it would draw a mountain in high yeah, res and then one on each side. Yeah, it was tanks, tanks, and you yeah. had to aim the right angle with yours yeah. to try and hit the other guy, and then they <coughs> threw in wind to put you off, and eventually you blew up the other guy over the mountain, yeah, it or you th- blew the mountain up. And it's either back
1: on, I've on a few consoles, either on a Commodore and f- Amstrad and a couple others, but that was, yeah really basic version but then they did worms which was fantastic she had different weapons yeah they just
0: took it to another level and added in um, personalities for the worms and speech and, and stuff
1: yeah. <coughs> it's good fun um, but uh, yeah the networking is <laughs> horrendous absolutely was, there's
0: one you, can, you get the well we got the what is was it, collector's pack
1: and you get like yeah. 10
0: worm games 3 of them work over the internet Others are one player, or you share your screen with somebody else in the house.
1: Yeah, the work man.
0: One of them, even if you're using over the internet, I had to open a port on the on the router and point it towards my computer inside the house because that was the only way. To
1: connect even though it could see, it could see it, but yeah. it couldn't connect to it, which was yeah. just
0: bizarre. And then uh, the other ones, they were just. There, there's no there's no explanation on how you're supposed to make stuff work. I still it's actually not don't, intuitive.
1: I still don't know how we got that one to work last night. It wasn't working, wasn't working, was not working. Oh, we're playing.
0: Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like cre- create a a party room and then invite your friend to join and then it only works through the Steam friends invite, which is weird. But not then, directly
1: through the invite because if you click on the invite it just takes you to the game.
0: Yeah. And, and then, um, yeah, a lot of stuff around. But we got it going, had a few goes. There's a really basic type one we afford the port. And then there was um, was it Armageddon or WMD, I think was WMB. the last one we played that yeah. was probably the only one worthwhile
1: to play over the internet. I didn't like the 3D one. It was just. The, <laughs>
0: the c- controls are <laughs>
1: terrible. Whoever, whoever designed the controls never actually played the game. You, That's right. You yeah. can't. It's impossible. You cannot physically play the game with those controls.
0: <laughs> if you know how to do it, email Will at AussieTickets.com I know how you
1: do it, you got to stand <laughs> on your head and use your toes, that's how you got to do it Yeah, Because yeah. it was horrendous Turn your mouse
0: upside down, <laughs> it was better that week
1: oh, It was a lot of fun though well, We've had the weirdest weather, we've had everything from like minus 2 degrees to like 31 degrees this week Wow. It's just been nuts. It's it so been
0: like steady 20 degrees all day uh, and about nine all night, and that's it for the whole week. I it wish. It might rain by the end of the weekend.
1: Well, we've had we had two days of rain as well in there. Yep, um, none of that here. I don't know. I don't we care. We had 10 minutes of sprinkle. <laughs> I wish we would just figure out, just pick something. Yeah. Because you can't... You, you're absolutely freezing. It's like minus two of a night, so you're under 14 blankets, and mm-hmm. then by six o'clock of a morning, it's like 22 degrees, and you're like... <laughs> You're sweating your ass off, and then you, you know, you get by the time you get into work, it's you know 23, 24 degrees. Lunchtime hits 30, and then by six o'clock that night, it's back down to eight degrees again. You're like, <laughs> no wonder everybody's getting sick. Yeah. Just this weather uh, is insane. So it's terrible. But um, at least the uh, at least the van's doing well. The electric van. It, it, it yeah, doesn't. still it. No issues. I love it because it's got climate control that you can set to come on at a certain time of the morning. So, ah. so at seven o'clock of the morning, I get it to come on and set the vehicle at, at twenty two degrees, regardless of whether it's hot or cold. It'll make, it'll just make the vehicle twenty two degrees. oh
0: and you could do that if you went to like <coughs> go to the shops for a couple of hours or to the movies, and your, car, your van is sitting out in the sun. Yeah. but it can keep cool because the battery's there.
1: Yep. Yeah, you can tell it's to uh, it's got. Camping. You gotta put
0: solar on it as well.
1: That's nah, no point. It's no point. I mean, there would only be benefit to that. You're, you're only going to fit about 500 watts on the roof, which, in terms of overall capacity, is very little compared to what the battery pack can hold. But if you were camping, there would be an advantage to that to keep the 12 volt side of it up, only in so far as you would minimize the drain on the traction battery. But it's not I was really just required. Cause they
0: had those um, EVs that the roof is all solar so that you can leave your air conditioning
1: on all day and stuff like that it would negate that sort of stuff Um, but it's not yeah I mean in terms of range it's not going to affect your range really but it does give you that benefit of being able to leave your aircon on or your heater on or the one thing other as well in summer because it gives you basically a second roof so it does keep the vehicle cooler because you've got Uh. don't have direct sun hitting the roof of the vehicle yeah. Um, so
0: are those those know. vehicles all right?
1: Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like it's a, it's the Env two hundred um, Nissan import from Japan. It's effectively a Nissan Leaf um, in a van body, basically. Uh, the only, The only downside to it is it's the older Nissan Leaf, so it's only hundred well, actually, when I got it, it was ninety six k's range is all it would allow. but I've given it a couple of full charge-discharge cycles and I've hit it with the quick charges a couple of times. Um, And it's revived the battery pack. The battery pack is just getting lazy because it's sat around for so long. Um, And it's brought it up to 120k range, which is what I expected it to have. That's all you need? Yeah, it's more than we need for what we do with it. And you can, if you've got the money, you can add the newer Leaf battery pack to it, which will double that, which will give you about 300k range. So it is possible to actually extend the range on it relatively cheaply, and cheaper than buying another vehicle, anyway. You'd probably have to have
0: a business where you can have customers come visit to be able to do
1: that. It would help, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, when you, when you have a, a work vehicle, um, it's better if you have work to, to work the work <laughs> have the work vehicle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so but um, I like it no it's, it's good I, it's, it's a good draw, talking point too everywhere I go people want to talk about it so yeah so I'll get some signage did done did you up get in that rolling
0: and... start going what did we we? last week that you wanted it so that creep it mode. starts rolling yeah.
1: yeah so it's like a normal automatic to drive now you take your foot off the brake and it creeps rather than just sitting stationary because mm. that's I think that's dangerous if it, you forget it's in drive and you take your foot off the brake yeah uh, you've only got to bump the throttle and it'll launch. Yep. Whereas if it's in like creep mode, like an automatic, as soon as you press the brake, it'll start rolling. So you're kind of mentally you know, aware it that work. it's in gear because yep. you can't hear it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so,
0: but uh, I suppose we should uh, thank these kind of people who give us money.
1: Um, oh, I suppose so. You got uh, Patreon.com/slash/attackers. We've got a few people there, of course, um, you can do um, PayPal, or you can do direct deposit, or you can um, send us cash in a, you know, birthday (laughs) card. Coffee! (laughs) Um, Yeah, coffee dot... um, Why can I never remember what that one is? KO-FI.com. You know what it is? It's the dash that... Uh, Why do they have a dash anyway? Did somebody already have KO-FI.com? That's what I was wondering, but that's... The dash messes me up every time. It's like, you know, Why? (laughs) But yeah, you can go to com slash Aussie Tech Eds. Get us there as well. You can leave a you know a bite of coffee or whatever there and uh Yeah, we you know, a few different ways of helping. Now us did out.
0: Glenn actually get a new computer or is he still on uh brick Potato?
1: Um I actually I think he's waiting for his um That's for back. his for his crypto to, to launch or something. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but um we were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, specking up a new system, so yep. I think it's in the process of, of occurring.
0: Well, you know what to tell him about to make sure he gets all the updates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, if you're running a, a Verizon, um, uh, a Verizon, if you're running a, um, a Ryzen yep. uh, and AMD, just definitely just pumped out some major updates, so it's definitely worth looking into. So, yes. Shall we do some news? Oh, I suppose we can try.
0: Telstra will make all local and national calls placed from its 15,000-plus public payphones free. CEO Andrew Penn said in a social media post that he had made the decision to make all local and national calls free to standard fixed lines and standard Australian mobiles from their payphones. Telstra PayPhones are now free phones for everyone anywhere in Australia, he said in a separate statement. He said the PayPhones are an iconic part of the Australian landscape, but importantly, you may be wondering who uses them in today's society where everyone's got a smartphone. Well, in fact, we still get 11 million calls a year through our PayPhones, and importantly, more than 200,000 of those are to emergency type sites such as Triple O. Penn said the payphones were also important to someone fleeing domestic violence, sleeping rough or just out of credit on their mobile. He noted they had played a crucial role during bushfire events when mobile networks were down providing a lifeline for residents to let family know they were safe. Telstra said the standard national calls and SMS from Telstra payphones will be free from today. International calls. International and calls to premium and satellite numbers will still incur a cost, while Telstra Air remains free to eligible Telstra customers. Payphones will also become coinless from October 1, with Telstra phone cards recommended for dialing international and premium numbers.
1: So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, um, not so, I mean, let's face it, they're all on internet lines now, or all on internet lines now, so the physical call doesn't cost them anything anymore. Yeah. it's only the upkeep of the machine, and a lot of people who use the Wi-Fi aren't Telstra customers, so you pay for using the Wi-Fi. So, the Wi-Fi side of it's going to be paying for it now. Yeah. Um, I've used them a few times. I've either had a flat phone, or um, I don't want somebody to know my number, so I've rang them from a payphone. Um, Where do I get
0: coins from? Who even carries coins these yeah, days? Yeah. Well,
1: well, you could use on on some of them. You can use, just use your tap and go credit card. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, well,
0: that's how long it's been since I've used
1: them. That's only on some of them. So. That's not all of them. Yep. Um, but I mainly use them for the hotspot. Uh, not so much here, but when you go out west and you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no signal or anything, but that's great because you can get onto the onto the hot hotspot from them and um, they also act like a localized phone tower, so you not only have wi-fi access but you actually have phone access like a 3g phone tower as well um which is pretty cool i've used the wi-fi a few times we actually had um uh friends of mine live not that far from one but where they were they couldn't get satellite or they couldn't get uh internet or anything and the only option was satellite and they didn't want to pay a fortune that was back Where they were... So where they were, they were in a zone that technically was NBN um, fiber. But it hadn't been rolled out to their area. But because it had been designated, they couldn't get the discount on a satellite. Which meant to get satellite was like $500 a month. Jeez. So we hooked up uh, what's called a Yagi, which is effectively a signal booster. Um, And we pointed it at the... Wasn't at, he in the Karate Kid, Mr. Yagi? Mr. Yagi. Um, and we connected it and fired it at the um, phone box. And so we were using the 4G or the Wi-Fi signal from the from <laughs> nice. the phone box at his place, which was a good 500 metres down the road. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we've used them a few times. Um, the other thing that's handy too, most of them have, because they're pretty much all independent and they all basically depending on where they are. For the most part, they use just the local Wi-Fi of the post office or wherever they're near. Some of them still have cables running to them. A lot of the rural ones, use satellite. Um, but most of them have battery backups in them. So even if you lose power, nine times out of ten, the payphones still work. Yep. Uh, and the Wi-Fi on a lot of them will still work for, for quite a while too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad they haven't completely disappeared. But it was funny when we were explaining to... <laughs> we are talking to who were talking to somebody about it and Cam, my, my five year old he's like, what's a pay phone? <laughs> well, back, back in the day Well like it's a phone but it, it, it's you know Superman gets changed in a phone box? He's like, yeah I said, well it's one of those and the phone's inside the box and you've got to go inside the box to make a phone call and he goes, that doesn't seem very convenient
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Nope
1: <laughs> That was hilarious
0: when I was growing up, Mum and Dad had the phone cut off, so I had to go for a walk. One time, it was like 11 o'clock at night, I went for a walk down to the local uh, newspaper shop where I had a paper run. I used the paper boy for there on my bike and make a phone call to the radio station to make a request and then try and run home. Before, before here. <laughs> they
1: hear it. We used to, uh, have, I was back in the when they had the old... The green ones with the actual dial on them yep. and I think it was the early orange ones as well but you could actually ring a number and it would ring and it would only hang up once the other person answered but it would actually ring and it didn't cost you anything to, to ring the number and so we had a system in place that um, I could ring home and depending on how long I let it ring for told mum where, where she yeah. needed to pick me up yeah. if it was like and it was like two rings was the local shops down the corner. Three rings was my was the supermarket down the end of the street. Four rings was my mate's place down the other side of <laughs> so. Like, depending on how many times it rung was depending on where I was. Yeah. So it was a really good system because I didn't have to carry money and I didn't have to you know have money to use the phone. It yep. didn't really need did to have a conversation. I mean, she knew it was no different than me going, Can you pick me up from the shops? Because she knew by how many rings it was, that's where yeah. I was to be picked up from. One of my so. friends used to do that because we didn't
0: have the phone. So we'd go
1: down to the pay phone, me
0: Ring. And as soon as they pick up, it'd disconnect. And they're like, Oh, he's ready to get picked up. So yeah. they come, come, drive around, pick him up.
1: Yeah. The other thing you used to be able to do back in the day, and you can't do now, back when everything was on copper. Is you could string a whole bunch of LEDs around your house and run it off the phone line, Because ah. uh, even in a blackout, the phone line was powered by the exchanges. <laughs> so you, uh, you you had free power. I, I lived in Geelong for I was in Geelong for like eighteen months, and the first three months I was there, I didn't have power in the house. Oh, right. But you, but you had Christmas lights, so that made it all I right. I literally had a string of Christmas lights running off the phone line. You could celebrate. It just rang. It just ran through down the length of the hall. Yeah. And then I just had, like, candles and stuff in the other rooms. But, like, I, 90% of the things you wanted to do... I had gas stove. I had gas hot water. Yep. 90% of the stuff you wanted to do, there was enough light being put off by the string of Christmas lights. <laughs> and I didn't have the phone connected. Like, I physically had no phone line... Yeah. but the power is always there that is to dissonate the data the data signal oh. um, and so yeah so I had free power the thing you've got to watch is if you actually do have a phone line you've got to be careful because it spikes from like 3 volts to like 60 volts yep. to ring the <laughs> so you'll, you'll end up with an explosion going on when your, all your light bulbs explode
0: all the way up the hall <laughs>
1: So, but no, it was this one of those tricks you learn when you don't have any money.
0: <laughs> what, what we used to love doing was um, dial the callback test line number oh, yeah. and then hang up. So I go over to my grandparents' place and dial the number, <laughs> start ringing, hang, hang up, up, run into the lounge room yeah. and watching TV and the phone, phone rings. rings and they're like, <laughs> I thought I heard the phone ringing, but I picked it up and there was no one there. There must be something wrong with the
1: phone. Uh, so that used to call the old talking clock back in the day. Yeah.
0: Uh, just before midnight on New Year's Eve
1: yep, just to make sure you, you get good you
0: could hear it say, Happy New Year everyone
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if you can get through yeah, well that was the other problem too <laughs> all the old analog exchanges, actually if you want to know how an old analog phone exchange works uh, on YouTube there's a guy called Look Mum No Computers <laughs> and uh, he's, a, he's an English guy and uh, he does all old school analog so whether it's making an organ out of furbies or whether it's Making an old analog telephone exchange, or <laughs> it's he's really good if you want to learn a lot about older stuff. Um, yep. he's a really good watch, so I enjoy watching him do it. And he even goes and shows you how the old um, loops used to call, so you used to ring, um, say you'd ring a, a government organization and they were only open for certain hours, and outside of those hours, they would they weren't there but instead of having a standard sort of answering machine they literally had these tape loops yep. and it was literally t- cassette tape l- looped it kind of looked like a record player in so far as the tape just sat around the top and just ran through the head and it would just pull and push this tape around in a loop and uh, when your phone rang it would pick up the that would pick up and feed through the spool and yep. you'd, you'd hang up and yeah it's really interesting how a lot of that old stuff used to work
0: Gonna to have to check
1: that one out now. It sounds really interesting. It, it is really cool. I was I was really I'd never considered that to be a thing. Apparently they used to use it a lot in radio stations. Um, when you'd call into radio stations and the lines were busy, like you they'd use their ten lines or whatever, everyone else who'd call in would get these automated reels of 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 tape. Ah. Um or if they wanted to do um they wanted to do uh Um, remote like we used there was a thing I don't know if we had it here he was saying in the UK you used to be able to ring up and they used to have the top five songs and you could ring up and listen to the top five songs over the phone oh right and that's what they used to do every week they'd record the top five songs onto this loop of tape and then they'd just sit there and play all week and you'd ring (laughs) up and it'd start playing and you'd hang up and it'd stop and yeah oh wow (laughs) that's nice yeah it's pretty cool actually (laughs) so um, Microsoft so the other week we are talking about obviously how garbage 11, Windows 11 is going to be and how yes almost I think they did it deliberately so that they would sell Windows 365 yep um,
0: why, why buy Windows once when you can keep buying it every
1: month yeah pretty much except they opened the, the trials for Windows 365 on Monday yep and closed them on Tuesday
0: what?
1: Why? <laughs> Following significant demand, we've reached capacity. Everyone uh, wanted to
0: try it, so we didn't
1: want anyone to try it, so we shut it down. Yeah. Um, basically, they maxed out their servers um, in, like, 12 hours. <laughs> jeez. <laughs> um, but the thing is, they allocated... They don't say they don't have numbers here, but they allocated X amount of trial... Places and you had to sign up and you had to register and you had to be accepted on the trial to use the system. So, however many people they accepted onto that system was too much for their system <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't um, it wasn't an open trial; it was a closed trial. So, you would assume that if you were allowed, they 5, know 000, how many. You would assume you'd allow five thousand people to use it; you'd have enough processing power for five thousand people. No, nope. but apparently not. They, um, Yeah, they literally closed Were, were it. they
0: using those servers so, that the Australian census yeah, and stuff use?
1: That's the one, Next yeah.
0: Tuesday is going to be fun, isn't it?
1: Uh, oh, what. yes. You're not
0: going to be able to fill out the form.
1: We've already done it. They've opened it up to do from now. From, yeah. like, last Monday, I think, they opened it so that I you can go and do it. somebody
0: had commented on, on uh, Facebook or something when they're in Sydney. It says, if you're in Sydney... And you'll know where you're going to be next yeah. Tuesday. And they're like
1: Everyone yeah. knows where they're gonna be, they're not <laughs> they allowed be at home. to lose the house.
0: <laughs> I got a friend of mine who drives around food trucks to festivals. He's not allowed to go five kilometers. He can't even go to his bank. Yeah. Because his bank is more than five kilometers away from the house, but he does all his he still has business papers to use uh, to take to the bank. He's still gotta do banking and tax and stuff at the bank every week but he's not allowed to go there because more than five well he wait. is
1: because it's classified as an essential service because it's required for his business so he actually can but
0: no, but his business they said is not a, an essential
1: business it doesn't matter he's, so well, therefore he's re- he,
0: they won't let him go he's trying to go nah
1: yeah. you're approaching it the wrong way if your business your business doesn't have to be essential business but if you need to carry out work to keep your business operating then you're allowed to do it ah yeah the, the, you got to approach it from a different angle but because um, we got the same, we've yeah. we've we've had similar issues here. But yeah, it, that's I mean, the funny thing is I was reading something on Twitter. Um, not that I something caught my eye on one of the headlines that I, I don't normally read Twitter, but it was on one of the emails. That's what I was going to say I didn't think you ever yeah, log into your account unless somebody actually ats me and sends me an actual tweet. I, I don't normally read it, but one of the emails they sent me caught my. My I was actually for the work Twitter account, which is weird, which I, I actually do have. I don't know what it is, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, because um, I think it was open on Monday for the census, and they said, uh, website operational for 45 minutes or something, um, or was it new record op- Uh, census website operational for 45 minutes before crash (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, apparently it still went down even with you know a hundred thousandth percent of what it would normally have had it still they still managed to crash it it.
0: (laughs) I'll have to try it tomorrow night or the weekend or something see if we can get it out of the way before everyone does on Tuesday
1: yeah Uh, it's so so stupid but they they still can't handle the traffic they're not getting (laughs) yeah So we'll see what happens there. <coughs> but, um, A
0: long-term test of 15 security apps for Android points to Google's Play Protect being the worst alternative <laughs> to shield users from popular mobile platform from threats of malware. An independent, independent antivirus test security analysis put 15 security apps through an endurance test for six months and found most of them protected users well however android's built-in security app google play protect rated the worst by a large margin The endurance test revealed that this service does not provide particularly good security every other security app offers better protection than google play protect while google play protect got full six points for performance av test rated the app as a solid 0.0 for both protection and usability (laughs) Top scorers inclu- on the test included security apps from Avast, AVG, Bitdefender, F-Secure, GData, Kaspersky, McAfee, Norton LifeLock, and Trend Micro. Even the lowest rated third party security app, Icarus, was rated as 5.7 out of 6 protection. Five apps, Bitdefender, GData, McAfee, Norton LifeLock and Trend Micro were able to detect all of the thousands of malware spyware programs over the six-month period, both in real-time tests and against a reference set of malicious programs. In comparison, Google Play Protect scored only 68.8% in real-time tests and 76.6% against the reference malware tests. Google Play Protect also had problems detecting harmless apps with producing false positives. AV-Test said Google Play Protect flubbed over 70 times in all the tests, which is why it got no points for protection. As a result, AV-Test recommends users not rely on Google Play Protect and they use an additional third-party security app, such as the free Avast or AVG ones. Sounds like the way to go.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking. I'm trying to find the one on my phone. When you got a Xiaomi, uh, they come with... I want to say it's my community. MI community but I'm not 100% sure I'm just trying to find it um, and it's really good it's caught a couple of rogue apps I didn't even realise I had that were yep. um, and it's spam for SMS and phone call it's spam protection is oh, wow. on point I'll tell you what it's I would like that I got one just recently and it,
0: I can't remember what country it came from but it said hi for you Jason Here's the link that you wanted. So they've got my name linked to the phone number as well, which is different. I've never had one of those before.
1: This actually, um, this actually has. I'm just trying to find it. The text message side of this literally has a spam folder. Yep. Um, where it automatically you can see there it doesn't even go to my phone it goes straight into the spam folder Uh, and it's caught I've cleared it out recently but it's caught so many spam text messages mine doesn't
0: catch any text ones but I've had to ramp up all of my phone call spam protection on my phone because I was just getting at least one or two calls every single day that was just crap
1: well, I was going to say, mine does the same for um, for the phone as well. I'll just show you a day, for example. Well, there you go. When was this? The 7th of May, apparently, it was a fantastic yeah. spam day. <laughs> so all those red ones, they're yeah. all, that, that doesn't even ring my phone. It just automatically blocks them as spam. Uh-huh. And then if you do make a phone call, if it's less than 10 seconds because you go cause spam and you hang up, it mm-hmm. goes, would you like to mark this number as spam and report it? So it actually oh, asks you. It actually asks you if that was a spam call. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I, the, what I don't know what they're using for their backend, but I can't fault it. Like, yep. um, it's even got a their their own virus scanner or some description on there as well. Oh, that's good. I put a, a external um, USB um, OTG thumb drive in. Yeah, had some friends. Um, photos and stuff that, I'll, that I wanted to get and one of the they had a um, rogue um, uh, rogue uh, I think it was PNG but a rogue uh, file on there and it picked it up and like this thumb drive has been we've been in circulation with this thumb drive for like five years yeah. we've put it on a heap of different computers and nothing's ever picked it up oh wow <laughs> And it Good goes. Thing hit, this thing's such and such a Trojan, and I mean, it, it's, it was one of those ones that would only activate under the exact perfect conditions, yeah. Which yeah. has obviously never been triggered. But and the amount of amount of computers that this particular file was on, and never been picked up by any of the other virus scanners. But the phone picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what they're using for their. For their protection, but it, it works wonders. So, and that comes standard with all the Xiaomi's. That, that's default; like you don't have to do anything. It just automatically does all that. yeah, yeah. Um, which is neat because, it, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it updates whatever it does in the background. So, yeah. So yeah, but um. Uh, so after pay. Um it's an Australian company Uh Nick Molner, who is the um one of the co founders. Um He's known as Australia's youngest ever billionaire. He's only worth about thirty nine billion dollars or something. Jeez. <laughs> um but after pay starting to take off internationally now it's not just an Australian thing anymore it's starting to become US and starting to work its way around and then you've got Square which was also an Australian startup um, Jack Dorsey um, and it's a a personal uh, an F-Pos terminal that's not hooked to one of the big banks it's a Bluetooth F-Pos terminal you can use on your phone or tablet or whatever it takes Know, they ta- use
0: it the board game night that I go to The it's got a little cafe there they have the yeah. little square and I just tap my Fitbit
1: on it yep you can tap you can insert um, it's you can do manual entry as well if the card fails you can do manual entry it does cost you a little bit extra but so basically there's you know there's these two really well doing Australian companies that are that are uh, you know going gangbusters they've decided that they want to merge Ah. Well, by Merge, I so say Square's decided to buy out Afterpay. Yeah. Um, and it'll be used inside Square's ecosystem, which will be perfect, because the way there's up would will, will suit Afterpay to a T. Uh, it's also now in use by about 70 million Americans as well. So it's not only an Australian thing. It's, yeah, it's you know, between Afterpay and Square, there's 70 million Americans using it. There's a whole of Australia using it to some degree. Yep. So... Uh, Afterpay, yeah, offered um, whatever was forty billion dollars or something to uh, sorry Square offered forty billion to Afterpay to buy it. Um, the f- co-founders were smart; they both kept um, I don't know what it is three percent or five percent or something of their the shares. Yeah. So they're going to continually get money from it. But basically, the way the current payout will work is each of the two co-founders will be paid um, 2.7 billion in cash wow Um, and all the staff who are working there um, because they were getting shares as part of their salary agreement um their shares went from uh 30 cents um each $126 to one hundred and twenty-six dollars each.
0: Whoa!
1: ka ching. <laughs> so, um, it's a f- it's basically forty-two times multiplication. I think it worked. I think if I worked it out right, no, it's more than that. Oh no, that'd be right. So yeah, so they're basically they're all happy. <laughs> yeah, <I bet> they <laughs> you know, yeah, they can quite happily. Hand in their shares and continue to work there if they want to. It doesn't really matter, you know. Um, but I think it's actually one. It's one of the few mergers I'm happy about because afterpay always seemed like a. Um, it never seemed to fit. Like you had Zip Pay and 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 Zip Money. Yep. Which was fine. Then you had those others. And you sort of had afterpay, which it always felt. It's a, from a merchant point of view who used the back end of the system a lot when we were taking after pay orders it, it never flowed to do an after pay uh, whether it be online or whether in store was really really painful um, it wasn't like zip a zip pay was literally a 10 second process and you could process a zip payment yep. but the after payment process you had to um, go through this multi-stage thing and it, it literally took sometimes 10 or 15 minutes per customer because <coughs> we weren't a big enough merchant to have the merchant terminal access which is literally you put their zip their after pay OD in it comes straight up and you can process it we didn't have the option to do that because we weren't a big enough customer, didn't have enough for turnover and that cost a lot of money to have that implemented so we're doing it through their web back end and it was it was so painful. It really, really was. And it took a long time. The customer standing there looking at you going, well, I'm just waiting for the system. <laughs> yeah, so, But because they've got a square terminal and Afterpay has just introduced a card, like a credit card style card, it's going to work it perfectly because they can literally come in, swipe their Afterpay card and be gone. Like it, It's going to be a 10-second exchange. It's going to be fantastic. Yep. It also means if you're a... So to get Afterpay or to Square, whatever you have to be established for at least twelve months, meet X amount of criteria before they'll allow you to use it. Um, with this integration into Square, it basically means that if you're a currently using Square as a merchant for your for your uh, for work, you don't. There's a lot of those um, guidelines you won't have to meet, so you can basically accept Afterpay with very very little hassle. So you're immediately increasing your, your customer base just by the ability to accept afterpay. So. Nice. It's going to be really good. Um, it's one of the few mergers of recent times that I'm quite happy with. I think it'll... And it's not a full merger. Like, the companies are still saying trading is separate companies insofar as there's not massive layoffs and not massive... They both realize that each company performs their own task. Yep. So whilst they're going to integrate from a, a user standpoint, for the most part they're going to remain separate uh, development companies effectively. Yep. So it's really good.
0: good.
1: And also Einstein and Muller, who are the the guys who do have to pay, they're remaining, they're staying there, they're not leaving. Oh. Um, they're not, no, they're not taking the two billion dollars and going home. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually going to stay yep. on at least for a while and uh see the transition and continue to you know to do what they do uh, they're still you know still doing all right they're still doing their job so you know why not
0: an australian mathematician has discovered what may be the oldest known example of applied geometry on a 3700 year old babylonian clay tablet known as si427 the tablet bears a filled plan measuring the boundaries of some land the tablet dates back from the old babylonian period between 1900 and 1600 bce and was discovered in the late 19th century in what is now iraq it had been housed in the istanbul archaeological museum before dr daniel mansfield from the university of new south wales tracked it down Mansfield and Norman Wildberger, an associate professor at University of New South Wales, had previously identified another Babylonian tablet as containing the world's oldest and most accurate trigonomic table. At the time, they speculated the tablet was likely to have had some practical use, possibly in surveying or construction. That tablet, Plympton 322, described right angle triangles using Pythagorean triples, three whole numbers, which the sum of the squares of the first two equals the square of the third, for example, 32 plus 42 equals 52. You just don't accidentally come up with trigonometry. You're usually doing something practical, Mansfield said. Plankton 322 set him on a quest to find other tablets from the same period that contained Pythagorean triples, eventually leading him to so 427 Psy-427 is about a piece of land that's being sold, he said. In the cuneiform script, with its characteristic wedge-shaped indentations, the tablet describes a field containing marshy areas, as well as threshing floor and nearby tower. The rectangles depicting the field have opposite sides of equal length, suggesting the surveyors of that time period had devised a way to create perpendicular lines more accurately than before. Much like what we have today, you've got private individuals trying to figure out where their land boundaries are, and the surveyor comes out, but instead of using a piece of GPS equipment, they used Pythagorean triples. 3Pryptum 322 and Psi 427 both use Pythagorean triples. They predate Greek mathematician Pythagoras by more than a thousand years. Once you understand what Pythagorean triples are, your society has reached a particular level of mathematical sophistication, he said. PSY-427 contains three Pythagorean triples, 3, 4, 5, 8, 15, 17, and 5, 12, 13. So, a thousand years before the Pythagoras, they already knew what they were doing.
1: You've got to admit, though, that that's a 3,000-year-old tablet and it's still displaying the same information. It's a pretty shitty refresh, rate. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have uh, long-term data storage.
1: The, the ba- yeah, long-term data storage and a really, really good battery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you try that with any of today's devices.
1: <laughs> yeah. Most of it might even last 3,000 hours, let alone You're 3, not, you're not
0: upgrading
1: your i-tablet um, yeah. every 3,000 yeah, years? <laughs> anyway. Given the treatment they went through, too, the abuse they copped. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, I mean, but, well, this is a thing, like... It, Pythagoras' theorem is our Greek background into that architect, but or into that architecture, or that design, or that patternage, or that number, numerology, or however you want to describe it, but um, if the Greeks had it figured out, you know, then the Babylonians would have it figured out, the Egyptians would have it figured out. Like, Everyone. Yeah. They might have got to the numbers a different way, but yeah. they all had their system of working that out. Yeah. You know, look at the Romans. They've built arches. They've built freestanding arches that modern architects struggle to figure out how they've done them. Um, like the Colosseum with the cantilever ceilings and stuff. That's that's something that we can only just figure out how to do with steel. We can't do it with concrete and brick. Yeah. Um, you know, like the the even some of the older things like look at some of the old Roman roads they're still using and even the Italian roads and and things like that they're still using the same cobblestone road now that they were using you know three four five thousand years ago yeah yeah you know, so yeah you know, as I say once what was old was once new again it we. It, so much stuff we forget in our history especially when our history gets manipulated intentionally but even if it doesn't there's so much stuff that just goes by the wayside that somebody not necessarily discovers but rediscovers something we already knew yeah we just forgotten that we'd know we knew it
0: yeah (laughs) and they have some some crazy um mechanical stuff that they find sunken on ships that have been underwater for 3,000 years and they go down there, get the artefacts, they're like, how the hell did they make this? Yeah. this like plots all over the stars or tells yep. you the year or the tides and all this stuff. Yeah, like, oh, I it, that's it. That and,
1: and and sometimes it's it's not only every 10,000-year cycle. It, it can be a two or three times in your lifetime cycle. So certain things just go by the wayside for 20 years and all of a sudden they get rediscovered again. Yeah. Um not through yeah. and then the old times are sitting there going yeah, I, I know we, like, we got one there <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's, it's not always a good thing but um, I think that's why history is such an important and when I say history I'm not talking you know I'm not talking queens and kings of England and I'm talking actual society history and what what foundation and what force that society to function like in, in um, I think it's in Babylonia I, c- I could be wrong but there's these massive underground cities yep. you know the, the I want to say the Greeks uh, I, I, I'm not 100% off the top of my head I can't recall it but they were coming and they were poisoning their waterways and destroying their crops and burning their their buildings down so these guys went down and down, yeah. and down and down and down and down. And it's, you know, several hundred meters by several hundred meters of tunnels and walkways and rooms and stuff. And then there's another little story below that and another story below that. And each story's got its own water. Each story's got its own f- own food, yeah. you know. And they, they just built and It didn't happen over thousands of years. It happened over a couple of years because they had to get underground. Yeah. And there's these massive underground cities that we would struggle to build in a lifetime. And they built in a couple of years. Yeah, you know, um, so it, it's yeah. I think I think sometimes just the the history of society can unravel more than than you know anything else. Like whether it's technology, whether it's however they 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 worked. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the technology is not necessarily new. Like. It's quite possible that the Babylonians had power, that we've discovered artifacts effects that, that could potentially be made to make a battery. Whether or not they did is yeah. another, another question, but they could potentially have done it. All the ingredients and, are there. And given that there's been cases where they've found metals and metallurgy that they weren't aware that they were doing at the time... Uh, Things like electrolysis or galvanization may have been a valid process in using that electricity, so it's it's not out of the realm that they had, um, they had chroming and and galvanizing and electrolysis before it was, you know, we modern scientists discovered it again. Yeah, I was reading an article before the show. I decided not to do it, but some what were they. Italian or French scientists have discovered how to get moisture out of the atmosphere yeah. like, hang on that's not <laughs> that's not new that's old that's condensation that's literally what the, the atmosphere does that by itself yeah. and there's a company in Arizona in America who will put these modules on, your, on on your property or on your roof and they're literally a solar panel with a condensing coil behind it and even in the arid areas of the desert, they'll collect enough moisture on that condensing coil and it drips down a tray and into a tank and it'll fill, you know... With four or five of these modules, you'll fill a couple hundred litre tank every day with just moisture from the air. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not new. It's just harnessing things in a different way. Yeah. Um, if you want a classic example of that, there's a... Let me just quickly find it. There's a... Um, a park. Uh, I think it was in California. Um, and it was called Coral... Coral Castle. Um, and the, the story goes that... Uh, Coral Castle. Here we go. Yeah, Mystery of Coral Castle. And this guy had just a fantastic grasp... ...on physics. Um, and this guy built this this thing called the Coral Castle. It's thousands and thousands of tons of sedimentary rock, mate, that looks like coral. And he's manipulated it and carved it and cut it and lifted it and moved it... ...into all stol- statues and obelisks and, and stuff like that. Um, but... Like... He was very sneaky. Like he would only move these massive blocks really, really late of night. So um, these people never saw how these blo- massive big concrete or these massive big stone blocks moved from there to be stood up over here into an obelisk and stuff like that. Um, there's a handful of photos that are showing him using block and tackles and levers and all the stuff that we would expect. Um, and this is only recent. this is like 1923 Um, you know and this is stuff that we would expect him to use but he was really sneaky and never actually did it when anybody saw it Um, but he had one thing where he had the gate to the the coral castle itself was big lump of stone and he'd figured out the exact centre point of balance of this gate exactly where it balanced exactly where it's to the point where even a slight breeze would swing this massive hundred ton bit of stone backwards and forwards in the breeze Yep. and he had a balancing on an old uh, if I remember correctly it was an old Model A um, truck axle Right. Um, and after you know 50, 60 years this thing finally um, failed just from rust and grime and garbage and lack of maintenance because yep. this guy died in the 50s I think and it's been looked after by other people um, but the, the dumb part about this he died in 51, yeah. Um, he was a Lat- Lat- Latvian immigrant. His name was Edward Leedskine and um, He was five foot tall and weighed 100 pounds or 45 kilos, which is why everybody had so much trouble believing he could move all this stuff. But he was using levers and, you know, block and tackle and mechanical advantage. But the thing is with this gate, when this gate stopped swinging and stopped moving, they had, like, scientists and engineers and university professors and everybody trying to figure out how he made this gate work because none of them could wrap their head around the fact that the thing was just he spent so many days just perfectly balancing this thing to do it so when they finally and then also when they fixed the gate and they changed it and because of the way he had the axle concreted into the bottom of the gate they had to chip apart some of the concrete to pull the axle out which of course completely changes the centre of gravity of this gate so when they put it back on the same point of axis it hasn't performed the same way and they couldn't figure out why and they're saying oh he's using levitation he's using this and then it, no <laughs> he's just smarter than you <laughs> <laughs> you know that's, that's literally all it was um, but that's, that's you know just, just a, a modern example of ancient techniques every technique he used to build that place was thousands of thousands of years old just reapplied in a modern principle, and it still to this day confounds people because they can't wrap their head around the fact that this guy can move this stuff all by himself. Yeah, you know. So been lost to time now. But yeah, look up um, Coral Castle. It's really, really intriguing. Uh, Is that one of the
0: ones where they have where the the gates and doors fit with millimeter precision? Yeah, and the, the solid built.
1: stone solid stone carvings and yep. and uh, yeah it's it's a really it's a great read and there's this like <laughs> there's all these um, poles and stuff around the place that people couldn't figure out what they used for and there was like big tripods and people thought it was like a power system and uh, all sorts of stuff and when you actually look at it and you think about it it's actually quite obvious what well, I won't say because it It'll give it away, but when you look at the where they are, how they're designed to do, what they're designed to do, it's actually incredibly obvious what they're used for. But there's been stumping scientists for decades, apparently.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So yeah. So yeah. Anyway, enough ranting.
0: (laughs) Is that it for your stories? That's
1: all she wrote. Alrighty,
0: thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. They can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon and Coffee. Email us Warlock at aussitechheads.com.au and go to aussitechradio.com 24-7 playback of the tech-related shows. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Uh-oh. It's doing the thing again. No, here we go.